the the big thing you said in there, and I know you said it intentionally, but you might not have heard it. He said, create systems that make that happen. Friends, this isn't going to happen by kids just coming up to you and saying, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. No, Mm -hmm. like create this into what you're doing and make it a priority. Welcome to the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast, where we talk about the calling of youth pastors to equip students for the work of making disciples, moving teens from church attenders to disciple makers. Here are your hosts, Joel Friend and Jeremy Collins. So we're here. Another episode of the download. No, you, no, no, <laughs> no, you're, that's my line. I'm I supposed, know. I'm I supposed to say download youth ministry. The disciple making youth ministry podcast guys. Welcome. I'm glad that you're here, Joel. I'm glad that you're here. It's been a little while since we sat down. I was thinking about it. It's been since mid May, I think was the last time we sat down and talked now, obviously with the summer and everything. Um, but, uh, the reason why we sit down today, it's a bittersweet one. Uh, as we announced in the, the previous episodes, I think it was several before uh, our, our last episode, uh, was that I was uh, transitioning out of student ministries, yeah. and that has actually happened. I'm in my new role now, uh, and uh, I now oversee a team uh, of uh, Sophia and Lee who have mm-hmm. been on this mm-hmm. podcast, and and I, I've stepped out, and so part of the reason why I just texted Jeremy the other day and was like, "Hey, we kind of just left it open ended. We need to close this thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, to just finally come and uh, put a nice little bow on uh, these last two and a half years that we've been together, mm-hmm. having good conversations. I think we want to share a little bit of like with some of our reflections from this and what was really helpful, and then maybe with some final closing thoughts and tips um, about you know youth ministry, the future of youth ministry, so on and so." forth. I feel bad. I do feel like I'm like leaving you behind. <laughs> and you've actually been at this longer than me. And I'm kind of like, okay, but the the Lord called me, I guess, in yeah. that Amen. regard. And um, just being faithful to that call. I will say, uh, we just got back from California. And uh, shout out to Brody, if you're listening to this podcast episode, uh, the, the only one uh, who is... Yes, well, Brody, I, our yeah, number one fan. I number wish one we had some fan. merch to send you, but we, we don't. don't we any. never got that far because no. no one listens to the podcast except for Brody. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I was out in California and uh, it was at a youth pastor conference. It took mm-hmm. Sophia and mm-hmm. Lee out there. It was really good. Doug Fields, you know, Josh Griffin, all those guys that you see. Marco was out there and... Um, uh, you know, I thought like during the week I was going to be like, yeah, do I have some energy for this? Mm. Not that I would like, you know, insert myself, reinsert myself into our youth ministry. And then at some point during the week, I was like, nope, I'm done. Mm. Like I, it was a, it was a good, good. Con- it was it's a good, good confirmation because I found myself thinking I got some stuff at, at our church I'm navigating through nothing too big, but like, you know, areas and gaps that I see, I want to fill. And I found my attention going towards them. And I was happy to be, um, you know, uh, you know, it's weird to say this, like a voice of wisdom in student ministries, because mm-hmm. uh, I was a table lead. That's how I met a, a person like Brody. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a great week, but it was also confirming for me. Good. Well, I think it's important because one of the things when we talked about this early on episodes of our calling and what calling in youth ministry looks like, and I think it's really a lot like other ministry areas that if you feel a calling in another direction, I think it's more Jonah disobedience to refuse that mm-hmm. than to follow God's leading. And I, I know we had a lot of conversations about you initially like, oh, I don't I don't know if I'm ready to move on right. from youth ministry. And so I'm glad you're getting that confirmation so that you're not sitting in the ministry you're in wondering, oh, man, I want to be back 
there or wherever it might be. But that, that's good. Sad for youth ministry, but I'm glad for your church because I think it's positioned you in a place to speak into more people's lives and equip younger youth leaders to step in and, and lead, which I think is important. Well, what I will say, my being at the same place for so long has done has put me in a position to now disciple the parents better. Yeah. Because before it was like, you know, it was meetings and stuff like that. And now I'm like sitting down. I just just came from a lunch hmm. from a guy who's a volunteer in our ministry and a dad of two boys in our ministry. And even at the end, he was like, you know, as you move into your new role, how can I still help you? Hmm. Right. So, you know, that that was great. Like, how can I give myself to the church? And, you know, I shared with some some ideas and, and whatnot, but it was it's also no good to know I have that relationship with him. So now I'm I'm ministering to him because I was like, yeah. you know, I was trying to think about you know where are you at, how are you doing, so on and so forth. Let me care for you. Uh, and and before it was always it's like parent teacher conference. Sometimes it can just be about the students. Yeah. But yeah. now it was a good chance for me to be about me and that guy. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, it's and we had the chance. Uh, none of you know this, but. Lee, Sophia, and I, we all shared a bus to Surf City this past summer. So I heard that was an it, adventure. It was the way down. It, it was interesting. We got the really nice swanky bus on the way down. And then on the way back, we got in and we're like, what's that smell? Why is there something hanging from the ceiling? Oh, man. And then it broke down <laughs> on our way back. But it was good to, to spend time. I loved seeing how um, with those younger kids, Lee stepped in and really has in that context was thriving and i hope and pray that things have gone well and new community i know that i've heard i've had still contact but yeah. yeah it's good to hear that you've got that confirmation and then that changes what we're doing here because yeah. um we've i've really enjoyed and if you have been with us from the beginning you know that this all started because we sat down and we're reading a book together and we're like hey we should start recording these and maybe see what happens and it was really a stumbling into what God was doing that first episode, super echoey in the other room in the yeah. church. That, I mean, that was one of my favorite fireplace. That was one of my favorite episodes because it was fresh. I had, it was yeah. COVID. So I had no thoughts except for the ones that I had. I yeah. wasn't thinking about all of this other stuff. And so everything was just pure and, that fire, that setup was just so sweet, and uh, it was really nice. Are we entering into our reflective period? A little bit. Yeah, well, we can. To a degree, but I also think that in that reflective period, I, I hope that what we've done, and I think what we've done, has had thoughtful conversations on different topics of youth ministry that will stand some amount of time. And I, we didn't just take a, in the moment, here's what's trending approach, but I think we took a a look at youth ministry and we kept asking the question, what do we need to talk about? Mm -hmm. And not from a a deconstruction standpoint, but more of a, Hey, how do we do this well? And how do we maybe share how we've failed and learned in that? And so as uh, we're thinking about the future, the future looks different because you're no longer in youth ministry. I'm Mm -hmm. still in youth ministry, but we we didn't want to leave this super open ended that, Hey, wait, seven more months for another podcast. But at the same point in time, we wanted to have this kind of closure of, Hey, what have we done? Yep. And, and what's stuck out? So that first episode is one of those. What, what else in your mind is like in the, Hey man, that was just a good, a good time. Or that was a disaster. I can't believe it all came together. I, I, you know, I think like, one of the I want to go to a previous thought I had before I jump into that, but if, if this feels like it was you get youth pastor or you get youth ministry people to write books, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are usually 
for the most part, you know, forward thinking, I found that we found ourselves to be very reflective and, sure. and, and, um, lament's not the right word, but it was a way of being able to reflect on, okay, you know, how we've been doing youth ministry. We got this clean slate. How might we do it differently? And then we, that first season was kind of reflecting on what we have done in the past and the mistakes that have made, then we can actually move forward. And then the second season was a nice, you know, inviting people into the conversation mm-hmm. by providing their perspectives on things. And, and I, and I feel like we sort of wrote our own little book, but in an audio form sure. uh, of, of, you know, what we've learned from student ministries uh, over the last, you know, 15 to 20 years, um, the di- how the dynamics have changed, how yeah. this, you know, uh, you know, the way of which to approach youth ministry here in the West. And then we just shared our thoughts and, and our ideas and, and some of the things that we felt like we wanted to shift in. Mm. Um, and yeah, so it, it's, I, I really enjoyed just thinking through, I would always think about, you know, the Monday before as sitting and thinking about, okay, what can we share this week that would be beneficial? So I, I miss, I miss the collaborating with you. It's like us texting of I like, you know, what, you know, what do we want to talk about? We, what do we want to share? How do we want to like focus in? Cause I think we want to be more rifle oriented in our content mm-hmm. rather than shotgun. And so I think, uh, that, that was something that I, um, uh, that I really enjoyed. What about you? Well, and I really enjoyed that everything we did, it never felt like anything was forced or pushed no like when i think back on everything we talked about um there were other ideas i mean there's still the all a list of ideas of podcasts and ideas that we never did yeah that i i think we still could have done a good podcast on but we never got that urge of hey this is important and so i'm i'm thankful that we didn't just try to churn out content for content's sake right and we, we were really like oh no that this works let's do this let's not so I was appreciative of that because I think we could have easily made another 10 episodes, but I don't think we would have really had the focused approach we had as we did in the episodes we've made. I think we, I think we had two more episodes in us and I think they were, um, uh, the person who had grown up in our church and Mm -hmm. their experience from it. And then a current student. Yeah. I think those were the only two kind of left on the table that we didn't get to, but I think for the most part we got over there. Um, what was your what was your favorite episode? Let's get in. This is yeah. I didn't mean to do this, but let's do it. Favorite episode. Fa- favorite episode. I have mine. Yeah. Um. I think my favorite episode. It might be everybody else's favorite episode, but it's my favorite episode. <sighs> I. So I think there's moments from all the episodes that I really enjoyed, but the conversation that I think impacted me the most was Anne Marie. That's right. That's my favorite episode. <laughs> it just her hearing and seeing and being with her uh was awesome uh second favorite might be joe williams yeah joe's was good because he was the guy who we we're not going to rank all these from one to ten or whatever we're not going to do that we're just you know some of the highlights but i feel like the joe williams one was we we had the idea of the like let's do the diners drive-ins and dives you know sort of thing and we're like who could we go to and both of us were like joe williams like the guy's been around for a long time he has so much to give uh, and I really, uh, I really appreciate what he brought to the table. And it was also like, if you were listening to the podcast mm-hmm. for the second season, that first time, it was the first guest we had and he was sticky. Like he would, mm-hmm. he was a good, he was good at telling stories. He was good at, you know, sharing his heart behind yeah. it. I think that's, I think that what gets, gives Joe Williams like 
you know, why people are so drawn to him is because he uh, has he has such heart behind what it is that he does. And no, no one knows this. So this is behind the scenes podcast info. But when we sat down and met with him at uh, I think it was Convive. Is that Convive? Convive. I don't know. Um, I was just so humbled. Yeah. When we sat down and he pulls out his notebook that he'd been listening to the episodes, taking notes and going back through, like I really like this point you made in this episode, and I was just like, "Wow!" I like you actually care him, about this. Yeah. No, we we didn't say, "Hey, we want you to listen to the first season and then do this." Like we were just like, "Hey, we have a podcast. Here's the name of it. We want you to come on it." And then he listened. I think the whole first season, yeah. and then he had all his thoughts, and was he was incredible. really encouraging. It was so encouraging. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that maybe maybe people feel more refreshed when they leave joe's presence i know i was yeah. so that that, yeah. that was really cool i don't know i don't know if we need to get favorite least favorite anymore well, i i won't say least favorite podcast but i'll just say like the thing that i'm glad that i don't have to do anymore is that it is editing like especially with the videos yeah the yeah, the for the two videos that we did oh my gosh it was just it there is a better way to do video podcasting and we weren't doing it I've been doing live streams on my YouTube channel. That's the better way to do it because you don't have to edit. Um, and and so, yeah, the, the videos was was challenging. But I also think the, the thing that, that was hard was when we went to the model of people, mm-hmm. I think it became more difficult to really get good conversation. And we started to find some of that. Yeah. But when we go back to that first season like this, was what really we started with just having these it was conversations. A new dynamic. Yeah. And so that, that I think is part of not, I mean, why we're not doing it going forward, but I think that also made it more uh, challenging and helped us learn new skill sets. I'm not necessarily the best interviewer. I, I know I'm not. I'm better at talking than I am at asking questions. Um, and so learning that was, was a process. So that, those were some of the things that I found uh, challenging, but still enjoyable. Um, but yeah, that, that's also why, if you're wondering, why were there gaps in when the release schedule came? Yeah. That, that's me editing. That's, that, those are the gaps. Yeah, and we, uh, my favorite part about this whole thing is that we've, um, we've actually lost money on this. So <laughs> yes. we've made, we have, we have, we've made negative $75 each because yes. that's what we gave to be able to put stuff on the internet. So, um, but, uh, but no, the sponsors never came through for us, no matter how much we shamelessly plugged for them for free. So we never wanted to pay us for our spot. But yeah, I was also thinking about this, and, and then maybe we can move into maybe some of our final thoughts, because I think we can live there for a while. Sure. Is, um, you know, part of like the, the importance of having conversations about youth ministry with people, because that's why this exists. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. exists because we sat down together and said, hey, let's have some conversations about stuff. And then the only difference is, is we we sitting in a room together, we have microphones and we hit play or record and, and we're having conversations about it. And I think it's so important for anybody who's listening. If you want to grow and learn and get perspective from other people, um, you know, sit down with local youth ministry people. I know we've said that on a previous podcast is like, dude, find your local network, try to get together with them. Not everybody is as blessed as the Pittsburgh area in terms of its networking and its intentionality to do so. Uh, as as we are, and they're they're you know broken up into five different areas, and they're doing a great job at that. So uh, I I think this is an important piece is to have some conversation. So, what do you think would be some final thoughts mm. on this episode to give to people 
as I depart, I feel like this is my my epitaph, right? And of youth ministry is like, what are some final thoughts that give, not necessarily about our podcast, but about maybe some of the the larger picture stuff and when it comes to youth ministry? Um, yeah, well, I guess first I'd actually want to ask you a question. Okay. So, and I, I will answer that because uh, I do have some thoughts, but, but I think your perspective is m- more interesting than mine in the sense that, uh, you're moving into that new phase of ministry that still cares about youth ministry. Yeah. Like you're still equipping and leading leaders. Um, and I, I guess how I want you to be reflective of how that process has been. Cause I think that is, I think one of the challenges and the thing that I enjoy about our, our time here today is sometimes it's hard to admit when something is ready to move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, either sometimes we leave churches too early as youth pastors. That's usually the case. We get burnt out, um, or we we don't see the call to another place and say say that. So the thing that I, as I reflect on this, to partly answer your question, then let you go, is as I, as I reflect and think of forward advice, is figure out what God is calling you to do in the place that you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, Enter that with prayer. Enter that with humility, um, and 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 follow that because I think that that's what brings me peace about what we're doing here. I would love to keep making podcasts, but I mm-hmm. know that I'm being pushed and called other directions as you are. Yeah. Um. And so I think that that helps it make make it easier. Let's hop into the the question that I that I think leads us into this this next spot, which is what. What do we have to offer as thoughts going forward in youth ministry? We reflected a little bit on some of our podcasts we've enjoyed, things we've learned. What what has this lesson or time brought in you that we can glean as wisdom, whatever it might be, and or as leaning into your transition out of youth ministry into big people ministry um, or whatever it is that you call it these days? I think one is... If you're a younger person in youth ministry, trying to start now by asking the question, um, maybe two questions. One is, uh, who do I want these students to be when they graduate out of our ministry? And what am I doing wrong that's hindering that? Hmm. I think those two are important because that that sort of is what jump-started our conversations. It was, you know, we don't think that we're actually producing disciples as a result in, in the way that I think that the Lord wants us to be doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have a, that our tagline, which I still actually use, is like um, moving people from church attenders to disciple makers. Mm-hmm. I think that's a better picture, and I think uh, we've been, uh, Leah and Sophia and I had a conversation this morning, and we were talking about... Um, you know, kids who are involved, middle and high school kids who are involved in Sunday morning service, because there was, um, we it was prompted by a conversation about talking about two students whose parents come to our church on a regular basis, but they don't. Mm. So is it possible that these kids are missing what it means to be, how is it possible? They are missing what it <laughs> means to be part of the larger church yeah. in the long run. They know what they, they know what it's like to be in their nice little youth ministry community, mm. um, and they know what it's like to have friends in that place, but they have no idea what their usefulness is on a Sunday morning. Mm. And it's not to say that we haven't set up a bridge for that. We absolutely have. You know, we have kids who 
dishwasher. We have a uh, uh, we have a kid who runs the sound booth by himself on Sunday mornings for professional musicians. Um, and we have uh, we were talking today. I have a student who's in um, in uh, college, and he served with me for four years in youth ministry. And I said to him, uh, I said, you are likely the more marketable and more experienced volunteer to show up as a sophomore in high school or in college than some of the volunteers they might try to pull out of their their church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a we have a girl who um, up in her uh, she goes to Grove City, uh, and there's a church near her. She actually led worship this past Sunday morning there. I mean, that's what you want to see happen. You yeah. you want yeah. you want to to set up a system not only where kids love Jesus and they know His Word and they know how to relate with Him, but also about how they're actively a part of the body of Christ, so that they're set up long term for that. I think that's one of my final. One of my final thoughts is like, you know, be committed to creating a system that gives a student that experience, that they come to know Christ in a deep and relevant way, but then they also are, they know what it's part of, they know what it means to be part of the body of Christ, not just on a Sunday morning, although that's the primary medium of which Mm -hmm. we use, um, but also in service projects, mission trips, so on and so forth. I mean, there's plenty of kids who go on mission trips but that they they you know you know talk about that being a spiritual experience but how many students actually talk about sunday service being a spiritual experience for them it feels like we always have to go away to get that but what about for students who are are looking for that here and now so those are my final my final thoughts yeah well and i think that's really helpful and i've seen that same pattern and we haven't talked about this but that's been the pattern in our youth ministry has to see the kids go from being like this outside perspective into bought in idea. And and we just recently reshifted our kind of whole thought process on how we do youth ministry and children's ministry. And it's all centered around Romans 12, one and two, this idea of uh, what is our spiritual act of worship Mm -hmm. is to present our bodies as living sacrifices. And then obviously verse two gets into this idea. Don't be conformed to the world, the patterns of the world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. And Paul's really telling us to focus on what he's revealed in chapters one through 11 in Romans, which is beefy like theology. And so our whole, our whole mission has shifted to creating true worshipers. Mm -hmm. God seeks after two people. He seeks after the lost and he seeks after true worshipers. Mm -hmm. And so we see that moment on Sunday morning of getting students plugged into places where they offer themselves as living sacrifices. And that ends up being a much more tangible, real thing because it's not this one-off thing in the summer. It's not this one-off weekend where we served, but it's week in, week out, real life offering my body again and again and again as a living sacrifice. And so that's that advice I think is so helpful because it the the big thing you said in there and you, I know you said it intentionally but you might not have heard it. He said create systems that make that happen. Friends, this isn't going to happen by kids just coming up to you and saying, "Oh, I want to do this and I want to do that." No. Mm-hmm. Like create this into what you're doing and make it a priority. And you know, it's really hard. It's hard to communicate with middle school and high school kids to get them on a calendar and get them showing up, but it's worth your time to do that. Yeah, I think it just reminded me of something that I said in our 
pre-production meeting, which yeah. is just you and I talking. Um, <laughs> That's what this is. Yeah. It's all the it's, same This thing. is just production. Um, <laughs> was, you know, when it came to the attractional model thing, and we, you know, um, that was a good episode. But I think... I think one of the things that we've discovered is that it's really there is a there is a formula there is a system that you can put in place that gets kids. Mm-hmm. It does. You can very easily. It is very easy to get kids through the door. It is very hard to get them at the feet of Jesus to the place of which their whole lives are submitted to him not only for that moment but for the rest of it yeah. i mean you know it's interesting you got all these books coming out over the last 12 years you have you lost me you've got unchristian you know you get these deconstruction stories that are all coming out now and so what it what's telling me is that these these people uh, uh you know are losing their religion they are uh, disconnecting themselves now most of the time i would say they're disconnecting themselves from the body of christ mm-hmm. for a, a factor of reasons that we won't get into on this podcast but i i yeah i just um yeah i feel like for if you're really trying to build a, a a big youth ministry, it's really not that hard to do it. But an effective one that that has a long term impact, my goodness, that's going to be really hard. But it's but it takes incredible intentionality. Like we have, you know, we had kids for the longest time who, uh, you know, were doing stuff, but then they got challenged to start leading in places, and they stepped up in their growth and their leadership. We had, you know, when you provide a space for a student to step into to lead like Dave Lusk's was was Dave Lusk was talking about that on the episode it just it just helps that kid understand that they're valuable to the system so there you have it it's like part of creating part of your system is to infuse your kids into it mm-hmm. like last week we went to um last week we went to California and it was during a time frame of which we were actually um, having youth group. And so Lee and Sophia set up things for kids to do while they were gone. Now they dropped some balls along the way. At least there was one particular one that we found out about. Um, but nonetheless, it's a learning opportunity for these students to be like, okay, here's what we could have done instead versus this decision, which is totally fine. But that's a part of the process. If you're to Dave's point, uh, you know, one of the best ways to do that is to, you know, he talked about like having a night where you don't ever show up, like building that in and just entrusting it to your 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 students and your leaders. That becomes more of their ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so that that's what this whole part and this whole process is. So I think, yeah, you have to infuse kids into the system so that they own as much as you do, not only on your normal programmatic nights, but also as a part of Sunday morning service. Well, and, and it's not only that that is a good thing to do, it's also biblical. Yeah. Like like Paul talks, and I shared this before as well, Ephesians 4.12 is one of those verses I keep coming back to, um, is being someone in ministry to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And this understanding ideas, he's writing to the Ephesian church of like, hey, it's not just about one person proclaiming the gospel, it's about training in righteousness, growing up in the faith in such a way and training others to go do that work. And I think it's really easy. I should say it's easier as a youth pastor to just do the work. Mm-hmm. It's it's easier as a pastor to just be about doing the work. It is a far harder thing to equip other people to do the work. Um, but that should be the calling you look 
into as you step into youth ministry. And I think that that's what we've been talking about. That thread, I think, has been through almost all of what we've talked about, because as we reflected on so much of what we said, we kept coming back to is like, it's not about you or me. It's not about Mm -hmm. kids loving us. It's about kids loving Jesus. And really, the only way I think to do that is to equip other people to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because inevitably, if I'm the only person in their life that loves them, because I love Jesus and I don't have other leaders and parents and yeah, it, it gets hard. So I, I think that that's right on. That's really helpful. One of the things that I, I've been reflecting a lot on has been hearing conversations of people who I bumped into a few. I bumped into a few at, at a wedding I did not recent that long ago. You said you, you bumped into Brody. Um, and it's so helpful to hear when, when folks say, hey, I hadn't thought of it that way. And so to come back to a point you said not that long ago in the podcast, I know it's bad for retention to repeat things, but I think repeating is helpful when we get a point like this is find ways to have these conversations more. Um, I'm thankful that you've been here to have these conversations mm-hmm. with us and we're humbled that you took time to listen yeah. to us. Um, it, it's it's a big thing to, to spend your time that way. Um, so find ways to have those conversations, whether it be with other parents or youth pastors or, or whatever it be, because I know for me in my own journey, us having these conversations has benefited me yeah. <laughs> more than necessarily even if it benefited anyone else. And that's how this started. So I, I'm super appreciative for that. Um, and, and my advice going forward would be similar to that, but also, um, continue to be a learner. Uh, if you found us, it meant you wanted to learn some things. Um, and hopefully you've learned something, uh, along the way, uh, but don't stop being a learner and then share that learning. What we've done here, uh, any, any two folks can do with two microphones right. and, a, and a computer. And if you feel so led to do something like that and share what you're learning, share it, yeah. find ways to share that. Um, and don't get discouraged if it doesn't hit the masses, but it's blessing somebody. Um, I think I'm that's, not discouraged, that's Jeremy. I'm no, not discouraged. I'm not either. Um, I do, I, I do want to share what I'm encouraged by. Sure. Cause last week we were at the conference Yeah. and it was for the theme of it was for those who, who are in their first few years mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. full-time ministry. Some of them were volunteers, so on and so forth. And how many young people were still trying to figure this out? And, and I think one of the interesting things right now is sometimes you couldn't even buy a youth pastor at this point. Like that, yeah, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like I, I knew at one point of three or four separate positions that have taken mm-hmm. a long time. Um, we have a friend uh, who has struggled to find a position. Um, I just think he multi-talented. I don't know if anybody can afford him, but uh, I think for uh, I think for um, you know the the world of youth ministry in the midst of the discouragement about you know. Um, people, you know, churches struggling to find people. It was really great to see all these young people who were there, learning, growing, investing in one another, and to watch this like older generation of guys, which unfortunately you and I are now, <laughs> pouring into these people. Uh, and uh, it was it was very interesting. I'll, I'll say it this way: it was very interesting to be around the table uh, with people, and I would say stuff, and it would be like the first time they've ever heard that idea. And I was like, oh, like I'm the like, I'm the Yoda of this group, like this me, like I, I feel like I just figured it out like maybe a year ago, like of like, oh, or at least with this podcast, yeah, you know, it's yeah. just like, oh, we should be doing this. And so it's just like, it, it was, it was nice to have those people kind of go like, oh, it's just like, okay, so this is where they're at for sure. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll, but the funny thing is they'll probably have to go through 
all of the same experiences that we've had to start to conclude some stuff themselves. But if we could give them a little like, you know, here's a little key to the map and like here's ways where you could turn here instead of going this way. I think that's helpful for most people have to kind of do the journey themselves to want to see the change. But it was really encouraging to see how many young people were jumping into uh, youth ministry. I was sitting next to a couple, uh, Mario and Amber, or Ashley was her name. And, uh, and they're just volunteers. He's a dude's a construction worker. Most of the mornings he's done by noon sometimes, or he does, or he does contracting work and, 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 uh, something of that nature. I know he does a lot of paperwork and he's just like, I wanted to devote my time to something that mattered. And so I stepped into student ministry and I just found out about this conference and I went. And so that is a, that's a real, I mean, there, if there are more and more people like that, which there are, they're just you know spread all over the place. Very encouraged about people who are young trying to learn and willing to. Yeah, uh, I had a similar experience actually. So uh, a few weeks ago, I was in Orlando. So you went to California, I went to Orlando, and I was able to be gathered with uh, 25, 30 other youth workers, children's ministry, work, next-gen workers mm-hmm. in uh, the EPC. There was the next-gen summit. And it was just so encouraging to hear, and this was from all over the country, people from everywhere come to Orlando, and just to hear what God is doing um, in that space and what God's doing through them. And and so I was hearing from all these youth pastors around the country, and just to hear mm. the the deep desire for, for kids to know Christ. Like, it's easy, I think, to get stuck in our own little local bubble, um, and even maybe get discouraged with how our own families or our own kids are responding or not. Now, everyone had problems and challenges, and we got to share those and pray for one another. Um, it also helps when you hear other people, what they've gone through, you're not alone. But it, it was just such an encouragement that I, I think that people are starting to come around and understand youth ministry is more than just flash and show and mm. pizza and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and one of the things that I learned recently or that I've really been challenged by recently, and it's, it's come up a few different times, is this understanding, and we've talked about this, that the fight between athletics and other things yeah. that take away seemingly from youth ministry. Um, and I can't remember if I've said it on this podcast. I may have. But one of the pastors in the EPC who used to be a youth pastor said this in one of the groups I'm in. He said, what if people are choosing those extracurricular activities because they're not seeing their students be poured into and challenged and developed as leaders in the church, the way they are in Boy Scouts, the way they are in travel football, the way they are in whatever thing, honor society, whatever it might be, they're actually being developed as leaders there, not in the church. You're just entertaining them. Mm. And, and, and that's really stuck with me because not only is this giving leadership to younger people important for them to see themselves in the body of Christ, but they get to develop skills and talents and things that actually matter and that are actually maybe more important in their development than learning what it is to go on a missions trip. Now, missions trip might be helpful, but are they learning leadership and discipline? And maybe but how are they doing that? Or is it just all centered around fun games and a message? And then they keep coming back for that never ending cycle as opposed to being challenged. I don't feel like I need to say anything else for the rest of the podcast. Um, that's a, that's such a challenging picture because you can be convicted by going, you know what? We have been doing that. Like mm-hmm. we knew the formula. We know the formula to get kids to come back, but, but what about, 
you know, the parent's perspective of like, if I'm going to, I mean, everybody's got to do cost benefit analysis. Everybody's got to say yes to no thing, one thing and say no to some things, say yes to another. And I think parents are like, is this, you know, what is this doing for my kid? I've, I've sort of thought about that in terms of like regular education and, and, in sports. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned it on this podcast, but, or any other one. Yeah. What other podcast on this one? Um, is like a part of the reason my kids aren't so inundated with being in sports is because I'd rather them spend their time, their own time utilizing things that will actually benefit them in the long run. Like we have my kids doing a uh, kids can cook class. Um, and then we want them to do a STEM class. I, 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 you know, what if, what if like the, the high school years and middle school years were set up sort of like college feels like we're getting to it late, Yeah. but thinking about developing, you know, not only their academics, but their skill sets, but also their leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, school doesn't really provide all that. Maybe if they're on a sports team mm-hmm. and they can, you know, do that. But what about character and leadership? Yeah. Boy Scouts does that, but how can the church do that better to develop people, um, not only in what they believe, but living out it? Well, and, and and to develop them in such a way that shows that there's a place in the in the kingdom of God that needs your skills, yeah, and your talents. And, and I, I think back to. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, I, I think, um, talking about um, early on, um, oh, my brain just blanked, Apple um, Apple guy started- Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, that's it, my brain blanked. But when he was young, he came up to his pastor and asked his oh, pastor yeah. and showed him the, the, the cover, said, this, this kid's starving yep. in Africa, what, what do we do about this with God? And, and the pastor just wrote it off. Yeah. And, and instead of engaging his doubt and- and imagine that brain harnessed to the kingdom. And if if, if maybe you have the next Steve jobs in your youth ministry and he goes and finds his talents and develops them elsewhere because he didn't find that in the church. Now it may not fit everything, but if you've got a kid who's minded that way, find a way for him to serve in the kingdom, um, find a way for him to serve in the church locally. Um, because that's that's where then we're going to see these young people grow up. And not, it's not about them giving their money to the church. That's important. Mm-hmm. It's not just about them being close in proximity to the church. That's important. But it's them for realizing that they have a real value in building the, the, the church here on earth. And they have a place in that. So... I mean, you. Everyone's got that weird kid who might be socially awkward. Maybe he's good at building websites. Yeah. I, I mean, everyone's got got someone who's usually the the two places we're thinking is like, can you sing or play an instrument or can you do some tech stuff? Yeah. Um. And there's other places yeah. like we're trying to build to the point eventually of being able to have, um, one of our high school students serve as an elder. Um. Why not? If they're members and they're mature in their faith. Why not? Um, and and let them be a part of sitting on an elder board and and helping lead and guide the spiritual direction of a church. Um, not that may not be for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every high school kid should be an elder. Um, but I think those are things that you th- can think about. I think the word elder is a uh, is an important term in that though. <laughs> so <laughs> for a high school kid, yeah. Well, it, it comes down to maturity of faith. Sure, I agree. Yeah, and and and. But if you have a system in place that, hey, I've identified a young leader who has potential, how am I developing and discipling them, knowing that one day maybe they can serve in that role? Maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we could go a tangent with that. 
<laughs> but it's an idea. It's an idea. But I get your heart behind it. I think I think youth pastors need to start asking themselves two questions about kids. Number one is, which we actually try to do our most to answer, is um, uh, I had them earlier. It was um, Steve Jobs. Are they wanted here? Are they <laughs> okay, wanted yeah, yeah. here? So, and and most of the time, I think we spend most of our time trying to answer that question is yes. And then we, you know, all these, you know, any barriers, you get the stuff of the LGBTQ plus uh, stuff that comes out. And so I think people do that. They try to focus all their energies there. But I think um, another question we need to ask is, are they needed here? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. But are we answering that practically mm-hmm. are we doing things to communicate that to a kid because i think we're really great with the like warmth and welcome and it's like oh you're totally wanted here we'd love to have you here so it's a really great at caring for the person but we need to get a little bit better of uh positioning young people to be needed mm-hmm. uh, in the church so that they know that that's a place where they're needed yeah. like no 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 like uh, if so and so doesn't do it like if imagine a high school uh, you know, a kid who leads a small group and Lee was talking about that was like, you know, raising up a young, you know, young guy. There's a guy in our, our church who's a, he'll be a senior. He's a or a junior now. I mean, he could lead a Bible study by himself. Like he could, he just can't. So how can we, if that leader, if that leader thinks to themselves like, well, if I'm not there, you know, that's, that's, that's a, there's a loss to that. That's important. Now, as you get older, they say, you should probably not do that. Like, you know, how do I work myself out of a job or like, how do I set up a goal so that I'm not needed here anymore? But I think, I think that's really good. And, And maybe that's, maybe that's where we begin to like wrap this up is some of our concluding thoughts are that we, we, we messed up over the years of how we did things. Mm. We're willing to admit that we were wrong and we're trying to shift kids from being entertained to being a part of the body of Christ in multi-faceted ways, not only in the youth group, but also um, as a part of the church as a whole. And I think uniquely we learned those because we stayed in one place. Yep. I, I, I think, we, and we've said this before, but I think if we bounce around from place to place, we, we don't stay in one place long enough to learn um, and be given grace to learn. Uh, and And that's something that, that I think has been super helpful. So I think you're right on. And, and I think my, my closing thought, and as we move to the end of saying uh, goodbye and we miss you, but is to say like, figure out ways to reflect in your own ministry. And even if we've just caused one of you to do that, this has been a success. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and know that it's an ongoing thing. Like, I'm still in youth ministry and we've restructured a whole bunch of things just starting this fall yep. that has been different and we've l- loved it. Um, <laughs> it's been great, but it's also been hard. And so I think that keep, keep having that mind and attitude that um, kind of, as Paul says, like I've never, I'm taking it out of context. I understand, but like we, we've never attained this thing of now youth ministry is mm-hmm. like, we sh- I think we should always be uh, forming and reforming um uh, not always tinkering, but being willing to shift it again um, as needed. Uh, and and part of that is rethinking how you do things with students and leaders. Yep. Um, the, the one thing that was put forward, and this is an interesting thought, it could put us on another tangent for a minute, but that's okay. Uh, we had the Pittsburgh Youth Workers Conference not here that long ago, and the question was put before all of those youth leaders is, everyone's looking for volunteers. 
But if I gave you 10, a magic wand, 10 volunteers today, would you even know what to do with them? If I gave you 10 students who are willing and ready to lead in your church, would you even know what to do with them? And, and I think if you can't answer that question, yes, you have some homework to do after this podcast to sit down and think, how could I even utilize people if they showed up tomorrow, ready and willing to serve? Um, yeah. Where would you utilize 10 new students in ministry tomorrow? Um, please answer that question because I think God will then provide into that um, pretty powerfully. Yeah. Jeremy, this has been an incredibly fun ride. Yes. I've appreciated you. Yes. Um, I appreciate all the hard work that you've put into making this happen. And I I mean, I just showed up and talking to a microphone. <laughs> you did all of the behind the scenes stuff that was really uh, important and good. And and uh, I'm appreciative of our friendship and, and relationship and how we've fit off of one another and mm-hmm. grown so much in this. And um, and I know that you'll continue to do a really wonderful job within your context as long as God calls you here. Uh, and I, I hope to be a voice of wisdom for anybody who is still willing to learn. Um, not to say that what I have is flawless, but just at least some provocative questions for people to think through before they... Because I think that's the problem is like if I wrap up these thoughts in my student ministry career, I came in with what an idea of what I thought it would be, and that totally wasn't the right one. And uh, <laughs> I should have asked myself some questions sooner, but I was just so caught up in what I thought was the right way, and and uh, and found out the hard way uh, some of these things. So, but I've been appreciative uh, to everybody who's listened and to um, to God uh, providing us with the experience. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it any other way, yeah. um, and uh, appreciative of this this podcast and this outlet we've had, and we hope that people have been blessed by it. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I would not have gone this many episodes if I had done it by myself. Right. I really enjoyed our time. Um, I'm I'm not going to slam the door shut because I always know God. When I tell God I'm done with something, he usually brings something back up. Um, and so I'm still having a lot of these conversations in different mediums in different ways. Uh, and I'm thankful for our time because, mm-hmm. uh, again, I value our friendship and I value this camaraderie. Uh, I don't know that I would have made it through COVID really well without our conversations. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like I look back at Zoom youth ministry My and gosh. I'm so glad to, to have been through that. But then to come through that with like, hey, what's next? Mm-hmm. And someone to bounce those ideas off of who um, wasn't just going to look at me and go, hey, that's a dumb idea. Yeah, right. You tell me it's a dumb idea, right. but then we laugh about it and right. figure out something different. Right. Um, and so I value that. And yeah. and I'm glad that we got to record some of it for people to listen to because that's really fun. Yeah. Um, so, friends, I appreciate and love you, even though I only know who a few of you are. Right. Um, Brody, shout out to Brody. Our, Again, our the most shout outs. <laughs> He's, uh, I think Brody was from Indiana. I think he was from Indiana oh, or Denver, one of those two. Yeah. I'm probably wrong about both of those. Yeah, who knows? But yeah. But it has been a fantastic ride. We are mm. thankful to everybody. Uh, and uh, though the door is closing on disciple-making youth ministry, right. I know uh, God will open up other stuff for us to do and ways to be able to influence people. So thank you guys so much, and we will catch you on the next no we're not going to catch you on the next one come hang out on my youtube channel oh now here go. we go we're going to yeah. do some Jer- jeremy self-promotion hey point everybody to uh, if you're looking uh, for somewhere it's to go genuine jc baby if yeah. you're looking for somewhere to go go to genuine jc uh i'm not cool enough to have a youtube channel so 
But I'm friends, not cool either. Friends, this has been wonderful. God bless you guys, mm. and have a good one. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast. We sure do hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe wherever it is you consume your podcast. We hope you have been encouraged by what you have heard and you're ready to jump into the hard work of disciple making. Catch you on the next one. Bye.